Hey, what is up? Hello. The NFL draft is here, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome in to the 2021 NFL draft live reaction show here on Bucks Nation. And we're new to Bucks Nation, so we're going to give you a little introduction to ourselves first before the Jacksonville Jaguars get on the clock. You've heard us places around Tampa Bay uh, throughout the years and especially on draft night, but we are proud to make Bucks Nation and SB Nation our new home. I am Trey Downey, and my co-host is the one and only Lynn Martez. Lynn, it's draft night. It's a beautiful time in the world. Oh, Christmas in April, baby. Let's roll. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I've been sitting around the last probably two and a half, three hours trying to think, what number can Aaron Rodgers wear in aqua and blue in Miami? Because he can't wear 12. Wow. That's in the ring of honor. So, uh, yeah, you know, moving and shaking going on. Ironically, the day of the draft, uh, that bombshell drops. But I'll let you. I'll let you roll, man. Do your thing. We're here to we're here to talk about the draft. Um, again, Aaron Rodgers threw uh, he threw an Uncle Charlie. Uh, he threw a a fifty five mile an hour curveball into uh, into draft night. But another storyline, another great one. Yeah, and this NFL draft is going to be driven by quarterbacks, especially early on. And in years past. We're sitting here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're talking about, oh, they're going to be off the board first hour or so of the draft. They're picking early. It's completely different this year. You've got the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will not be picking till the last pick of the first round unless they could possibly trade up. We could uh, see some interest in that if there's a player that the Bucs really want. But that's simply what this is. Uh, Lynn, you and I have been talking about this. This is all about wants and best player available uh, on the board for Tampa Bay once we get to that point because there are no needs on this team. And we talked about, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions on, you know, who they're going to bring back. They didn't have to make any of those decisions because now officially Antonio Brown is back. We were talking about the defensive line and, you know, depth in the middle and stuff like that. Guess what? Raheem Nunez Roches and Steve McClendon, both back with the Buccaneers as well. So is there any particular position you could even have circled as somewhat of a need for the Bucs, or is it simply best player available? Don't say that word. The, the word that begins with N and ends with D does not exist in the 813-727. It doesn't. It, it, I mean, there's there's no need. There's, I mean, it just, it just isn't. I mean, there's a, there's a plethora of... You mentioned the guys coming back. Basically, it's 22 plus. The 22 starters from last year mm-hmm. plus when you got Antonio Brown coming back, who was pretty much the last piece to come back, and also some of the backups you mentioned. And no matter who this player is at 32 or if they decide to trade back or trade up, um, he doesn't have a place to play. Uh, bar, you know, Barring injury, he won't be playing 2021 as a starter, which is a good thing. That's where you want to be. You want, you don't want to be one of those teams that have to replace a player uh, and have to wonder whether or not the play you have on your roster right now is good enough. What you have here in Tampa Bay is a championship-winning team that is coming back intact. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see which way they go. And 
you and I talking about this probably about a month ago, talking about the very good running backs that are on the board in this year's NFL draft and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and both of us thinking that possibly both of those guys could be gone by the time that the Buccaneers pick at 32. A lot of mock drafts that I've seen recently in the past week or so have only one of them, if any, going in the first round. But I think because of what the Bucs recently did with bringing in Giovanni Bernard, former Cincinnati Bengal, I don't think unless it's a late round pick, that's what I think we can say that best player available to an extent, because I don't see the Bucs going running back or receiver in the first round based on what they did with Bernard and bringing Antonio Brown back. It's your board. It's the draft board. That's what it is. Bottom line is, Who's on the top of your draft board when you pick? That's how, I mean, we can say by signing Giovanni Bernard and maybe addressing the fact that you get the, a third down back that can catch. If, if someone on your board plays running back and he's there at 32 or when you pick your first pick tonight or tomorrow if he trade back, you take him. Because, again, as we just stated, the N-word doesn't exist in Tampa Bay. There's no need. So yeah. when you're taking the best player available, that's what you're that's what you're doing. I mean, if you want if you really, really, really want to hold my feet to the fire and say, well, I mean, is there is there somewhat of a position that you think the team should take? I mean, you and I talked earlier during the offseason and we discussed the defensive line and defensive tackle. And yeah, and Dominican Sue came back for another year. But let's face it, that defensive line is getting older with the edge rushes like uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who I love. JPP, mm-hmm. shout out. Ça passe la boule! Uh, <laughs> but he's getting older. Um, and and Dominican Sue is also getting older too. Those guys got a lot of uh, wear on the tires, so to speak, in the NFL. And if you want to talk about should they direct a focus? Again, I'm not saying need. You can say need if you want to. But if you want to direct a focus tonight or in the draft, okay, defensive line, defensive tackle. You, you want to draft Christian uh, Barmore from, from Alabama, the defensive player of uh, of the game, of the MVP of the uh, BCS title game? Great. You know, it's an Alabama kid, 6'4", 310. You know, okay, you addressed you, – you addressed, a position that you may want to look into the future. But again, everyone that's back for 2021 is going to start uh, barring uh, injury. So whomever they draft tonight and this weekend, get the playbook, learn it. Yep. Get your experience, baby. <laughs> learn that. Learn everything you can. Once again, thank you very much for joining us here. It's NFL Draft 2021 live reaction. Lynn Martez and Trey Downey with you. If you have any questions, you want to react to any of the picks that are coming up here early in the draft, make some predictions, ask us about what we think the Bucks might do, you can leave a comment and we will see it and we will address your comments live on the air. Lynn, you mentioned defensive tackle. I almost think that Edge, depth at edge is more of a need because they brought back Nunez, Roches, and McClendon. Yes, that you mentioned the uh you mentioned JPP. He's an outside linebacker in this defense. You've got Shaq Barrett as well. 
And Anthony Nelson, he showed some flashes last year, especially uh, with injuries to this team. But other than, I mean, that's one guy. And you never know what's going to happen at the later stage of his career with JPP, uh, knock on wood. But I think that having an extra edge rusher and looking at the way that, you know, some of these mocks and, you know, the reports that come out close to the draft about people dropping and possible injuries that people are scared of. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, that is an edge rusher who I've seen reports this week that NFL teams are scared of somewhat of a knee injury or some kind of issue with his knee. But that is a guy that probably has top 15 talent as an edge rusher in this draft. And I think that the Bucs are in a position because you keep mentioning, you know, that inward knee that they don't have them that the Bucs could possibly even take a risk on a guy like that that other teams might be afraid to take because of a possible injury concern. But when you're not drafting for a guy that's instantly going to step into your lineup and play every single down, you can do that. And if he needs a little bit more time to heal that knee, fine. And you've got two veteran uh, edge rushers that he can learn behind as well. I think that uh, someone like that, I think that anybody, if we're start starting and looking at this draft and we're seeing talent, drop for some unforeseen reason. I think that no matter what round you're in, you can look at the Bucks as a possible destination for them because they are in a position where they would be able to take risks. No, absolutely. And when you talk about the edge rushers in the 2021 draft, from top to bottom, from the top guy and a guy like uh, Michael Parsons from Penn State to the guy you mentioned, I mean, there's questions throughout all these guys. Some of it uh, on field, whether production, you know, matches the size of the player and how he's worked out as far as the combine's concerned or, or his uh, pro day. And some of it's a matter of, of the, the fact that some guys opted out and we haven't seen them yep. since 2019. So when you look at the edge rushers in this draft, it's, it is deep, but it's also deep in questions. And, you know, because of that, some guys are going to be available um, at, at 32, or if the if the Bucks do decide to trade up, look. If you look, if you're talking about drafting a guy with question marks, I mean, look at this roster. Before 2020, there were guys yep. with question marks. I a mean, guy they just re-signed has, exactly. has question marks as well. His whole exactly. his, his quarterback and other receivers were just at UFC 261 last week, and he was sitting with Jake freaking Paul. Come on. It's not where I was going. My point That's where was, I went. That's fine. But my point was there's been pl- plenty of questions about guys that were brought to Tampa Bay under Bruce Arians, and they panned out. Well, I mentioned the Dominican Sue. And granted, Sue's, Sue's been productive in Detroit and in L.A., but there He's were questions about something nearly – nearly three quarters of a million dollars in fines in the NFL, right? So, I mean, we're we're talking about, I mean, again, that's on the field, but there were questions about him. I mean, sure, the fines thing, but as you mentioned, A.B., you know, the guy went through three teams in one offseason and played played in what, two games, one game in 2019. So he comes here, keeps his nose clean, Pretty much was probably the most productive uh, third wide receiver in the NFL based off of game production per game. 
because I we talked about it earlier. If Antonio Brown played 16 games last year, he'd have been a thousand yard receiver last year on his team. <laughs> you, you think about when he first got signed. Were you thinking he was going to get a thousand yards? Because I wasn't, and I was no. one of the. I, I, I was leading the charge. I may have not been first in line, but I certainly was leading the charge when it came to bringing this guy in here. You know, but I, I've you've been around this organization. I've been around this organization. And we spent time around Bruce Arians, and you put faith in what Bruce does, and it's worked out. And again, if you bring a guy in off the off the edge and he's productive. Um, and he gets into that facility and becomes a part of that team, and he learns from the veterans on his team already, from a team that's already a championship-winning team. Like I said about guys coming here when it comes to the free agents that potentially will come here, the veterans. You walk in that locker room, it's already established. There are winners. You're joining a team. We don't need you to be the alpha dog. There are alpha dogs already on this team. Maybe maybe you can transition to being an alpha dog later in the career. But right now, this team is built, built to win again the way it is. I completely agree with you. And I just want to take a second to last year we did this, you know, still in each other's houses. But Roger Goodell was also in his house last year for the NFL draft. He was in his basement. We saw no players walk across the stage. Roger Goodell's live on the stage right now at the NFL draft, soaking in booze, telling the crowd to get louder when it comes to booze. I think they're showing right now the the chair that he had in his uh, in his basement last year where he announced those picks. And we've got fans, the fans that are uh, close to the stage there in Cleveland are all vaccinated and looking we're seeing more and more teams go to 100 percent. Uh, capacity. It's just looking more and more like that. Thankfully, we are going to have a much more normal NFL season coming up this fall. And it's just last year, the draft was one of the was one of the first events like that sports fans could enjoy and watch once the pandemic got going. And it's just a, a it's a reminder of where we were and where we are now. And it's just it's cool to see, and it definitely makes uh, the atmosphere of the NFL draft something something even better. And the scenes that they had in Nashville a couple of years ago, the scene that they have now in Cleveland, I like what they're doing with the draft and moving it around to, to different places right now. And the Jags are now officially on the clock. And, Len, this is no, this is no mystery. We know what Urban Meyer is doing, even though he's bringing in Tim Tebow to compete with his first uh, round draft pick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it does look like they might sign Tim Tebow to to play a little bit of tight end or have a chance to make the team in Jacksonville. But this is this is Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, national champion from Clemson, who's never lost a regular season game in his career. People are have been talking about him since he was a freshman that he is the best NFL draft prospect uh, since Andrew Luck, that he is that good. Obviously, people didn't see what Patrick Mahomes was coming, uh, was going to grow into before the NFL draft. So obviously, uh, not taking that into consideration. But are is you are you as high on the prospective NFL draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, as everyone else? Absolutely. Uh, to, from, from day one, um, 
when he started playing in Clemson, when he when he took over that job in the middle of the season. Um, he is the – I'm not telling you anything that people haven't said already because we've been waiting for this day to get here. But he's the prototypical NFL quarterback for 2021. He's big. He can. He's mobile. Mm-hmm. He can make every throw. He's a winner, as you mentioned. Questions about whether or not he cares about football enough—that's silly. I don't. I don't put any weight into that. Just grasping for stuff during during draft time, storylines, and that kind of stuff. I mean, do I want a guy that you know consumes football? 24 7, 365 days out of the year. I want a guy that's going to win, that cares about winning. Guy cares about winning. He won in college. As you mentioned, he never won a regular season. He never lost a regular season game. When he lost, they won BCS title games or BCS semifinal games. That's when he lost. So um, that's what I want a guy that cares about winning. And Trevor Lawrence cares about winning. And that's enough. For me, and it should be enough for the Jags fans who, guess what, aren't accustomed to winning. Recently, yes. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they weren't in an AFC championship. Yeah, and, 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 how, did, and how did that work out? Blew I mean, up. They, no one's there yes. anymore. No one, no one is there anymore, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Urban Meyer does as an NFL head coach. I'm still bullish on a quarterback that they have on their roster, Gardner Minshew. I think he is he is an NFL starter. I'm not saying that he is you going to have said a- you have the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and you want to tell me about Gardner Minshew? I didn't say that Trevor Lawrence was the best prospects since Andrew Luck. I really like Trevor Lawrence. I'm not taking anything away from from Trevor Lawrence. I don't have the same feeling about Trevor Lawrence as I did with Luck. I don't think he is as much of a slam dunk as I thought Luck was coming out of out of Stanford. You know what's ironic about that about about you bringing up Luck is the fact that guess what guess what Andrew Luck had? Other interests which he actually he actually left the NFL and retired to take part in, but did Andrew Luck? But but did Andrew Luck care any less about the Indianapolis Colts on Sundays when they played? No, of course not. He wanted to win too. Hundred percent. You can never say that when you watch Andrew uh, Luck play the game. But uh, to be completely honest, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, and I think that he is going to be a a very good NFL quarterback. The guy that is projected to take that a lot of teams are projecting or that everyone pretty much now is projecting that the Jets will take at number two, Zach Wilson. I don't know, man. I, I like Zach Wilson a lot. And Zach Wilson is the only college quarterback that I have seen since Patrick Mahomes has become a thing in the NFL that I have watched him. And I'm like, he has a little bit of Mahomes in him. Mm-hmm. I think Zach. I think Zach Wilson is going to turn out to be a very good quarterback. I think that the. I think Zach Wilson's floor is lower than Trevor Lawrence's is, but I legitimately think that his ceiling could end up being higher than Lawrence. Okay. All right, Chris Sims. Um, let's remember both these guys, both these guys, because what these two. New 
NFL quarterbacks are doing are joining two new head coaches also. Mm-hmm. And one of them never – I mean, both of these guys have never coached a game in the NFL. Robert Salad hasn't, nor has Urban Meyer. Granted, Salah has been a defensive coordinator, very successful in San Francisco, but he's never been a head coach. And Urban's never coached in, in the NFL. So you're talking about that transition taking place too when it comes to these quarterbacks. Mind you, neither one of these guys have a whole lot of weapons either. So, no. so you have to you you have to temper you have to temper what you expect to see in the first couple of seasons because granted the Jets will move swiftly with the amount of uh, draft capital they have and they'll they'll figure it out when it comes to the offensive line. They'll they'll do more for Zach Wilson. Robert Sala will do a lot more for Zach Wilson than what Adam Gaze did for Sam Donald. Because basically, I mean, he could just basically – all he has to do is open the, the locker room door, basically, and he would have done more than than what Gaze did for Sam Donald. But I'm, I'm joking. But honestly, having Makai Becton, you have a, you have a, a lockdown, boom, franchise left tackle. They've got mm-hmm. draft capital in, in this draft in uh, 2021. They have two first-round picks. Zach's going to be one of them. You can draft another offensive lineman. You can draft another – uh, weapon for him. He's going to have a whole lot more weapons and a lot more protection than Sam Donald had. And that'll make Wilson get closer, uh, move quickly to getting what you think he might be in the NFL. I don't know about that Patrick Mahomes thing, though. You, you honestly don't, you can't like see the comparison at all in the way, in the way that they play, the arm strength, you know, some of the, some of the throws that Wilson makes. I mean, I can compare my my baseball swing to Daryl Strawberry, but I I mean, I'm only going to do it once. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, you know, um, I've, I've got I've got the Gary Sheffield, I've got the Gary Sheffield, the bat one, waggle. Yeah, I got the bat waggle for one swing, but I mean, I'm not going to do it for for 500 at bats in the major league level. So if, so if Zach Wilson gives you one play and looks like Mahomes, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit shy about saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes. I didn't go that far. I said that I've I watched this I guy, understand. and I think he and I think he has some Mahomes in him. Uh, yeah. Pet peeve: There's two minutes and forty five seconds left on the clock. You have ten minutes. You've known who you were picking for months. Like, what are you doing, man? Rolling like, out the on. red carpet, man. Talking on the phone. He's talking to every talking he, to the. He's just showing him. He's not even on the phone. They they told him. Weeks ago, they were taking him number one. Come on. He's talking, to, gonna, he's, talking, he's talking to the folks at Adidas, letting them know, hey, by the way, they called me and let me know I'm going to be number one. And Drama, man. Listen, if you're the Jags, you don't want to be here next year. So own it. Wear it. Take your time. Flash, yeah, another t- flash being in the first round pick. Another, pick team, another team in there and their division uh, might be that uh, might be there next year. If you're talking about a team down in, not Houston, according to you, because they signed a the great Tyrod Taylor. All right. We're going to move on to another name that you just <laughs> mentioned. Lynn Martez. You come, I compared Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. You compared me to Chris Sims. And let's talk about Chris Sims, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. And he made headlines all around uh, the Bay area yesterday. You can check it out on BucksNation.com. You can see that, yes, he put out his final mock draft. And at number 32, he had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
selecting Justin Fields out of Ohio born. State. He was born. he had he had he the Ohio born. State he quarterback he falling born. all the way down to number thirty-two to the Buccaneers. Okay. When yesterday when I saw this, I said there's absolutely no chance in the world that this happens. Since then, Stop we've it. seen. I'm. Since then, we've seen the Denver Broncos make a make a trade for Teddy Bridgewater, which makes me think that at number nine, they are probably not going to take a quarterback. You know, does that whoa, make this any more? Just because you traded for T- Teddy's a bridge, water, but they have Locke as well. Oh no 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 no! They didn't trade for they didn't they didn't trade for Teddy with the idea that well we well we've got we've got luck luck is I gone. Think, no, is I think that, oh yes, oh yes. I think that they traded for Teddy to compete to compete with Locke, and I don't I don't see them okay. drafting a quarterback at nine anymore, even okay. though even though former uh, Denver Bronco offensive lineman Mark Schlereth. Uh, reported earlier uh, this evening, actually, that uh, he says that it is as done of a deal as possible that Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. And I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers and his trade demands and stuff. Aaron Rodgers didn't like the weapons that he had in Green Bay. (laughs) Denver has some young receivers, but any of those three teams that he's met that he that are supposedly on his list the the Raiders, the Broncos, and the 49ers, I'd say the Packers receiving core and running backs are better than all three of those teams. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll agree. I don't know about the Niners. The Niners, the Niners got some weapons. And but they are they and they, and they run are they, be- they run the ball really well. Are they better than Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling? I mean, is a, I mean, I, listen. I'm not gonna. Kittle, I'm not gonna bash. Kittle, you can't. I'm not gonna George bash Marcus uh, uh, Scanlon, but there's a reason why they've been trying to get a real number two. And I don't know if he's a. I don't know if he's a number two in the league yet. Why are you smiling? You know, we've got we've got commenters here on our on our uh, on our feed here. By the way, just you can go ahead and comment if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, you want to complain to the manager, you can do that. But uh, <laughs> Egg Tweeter 27 uh, already applauding Lynn for the Tyrod Taylor jab that's I mean, out there. But, yeah, it is. You're the, one is. That said gonna, you're the one that said that the Texans will be drafting number one in 2022. I'm just I'm just suggesting the fact that you, you made the comments that they traded for an all-pro quarterback. That's all. It is official. The uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have selected uh, Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, and the Jets are on the clock now. And Zach Wilson is hugging. Uh, I'm assuming is his mother, uh, but uh, he is presumably the number two overall pick. But when we we're talking about uh, quarterbacks and the draft, any chance Justin Fields falls to 32, number one, and even if Justin Fields doesn't fall to 32, do you think that we're talking about tomorrow morning with the Buccaneers having possibly the heir apparent to one Tom Brady? Because still, they've yet to re-sign Blaine Gabber, even though they did bring uh, RG4 Ryan Griffin back. Again, depending on your draft board, because that's that's where, that's where you're at at 32. 
being the Super Bowl champions. Um, could they draft a quarterback like Davis, uh, Davis Mills from, from Stanford? Of course they could. Um, but Kyle Trask? Not a 32. Not a 32. No. Why? And, 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 and you know, it's not, it's not because um, Gator Hater, certainly not that, because I remember when Kyle Trask took over for Felipe Franks in that game in Kentucky um, and led them to that second half comeback win. And I've been on Kyle Trask ever since then because we've done shows on Saturday mornings. We've taught college football. One of my biggest things was previewing the Gators playing on Sunday. And most of it was talking about Kyle Trask and how well he played the previous weeks. So I'm all in on Kyle Trask when it comes to what he did in, in, in Gainesville and the Swamp. But to take him at 32 in the first round, he's probably not going to be on that that high on their board. I'm telling you, when you're at 32, you, you're going to have a draft board. And, and I don't think that he's going to be the last, the first player on top of their board at 32. There'll be other players with more value than him at 32. I'm just surprised that you think that Mills is a possibility at 32 and Trask is not because if you look at most big boards and a lot of mock drafts, I've seen Trask as the number six quarterback and a possibility to go in the first round more than I've seen Mills. So I'm just a little surprised. Is it is it just that you personally are higher on Mills or? No, I'm not. I, I mean, I, I, I know more about Kyle Trask. Then yeah. I know all about Davis Mills. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're talking about a kid who played in the Pac-12 who played in Stanford. Meanwhile, we're in, you know, we're in Southwest Florida. We watch Kyle Trask pretty much every game he played. Mm-hmm. We watched every game he played. And I'm like I said, I mentioned from the, from day one when he when he took over for Philippe Franks when Franks broke his ankle. So uh, you know, I, I I know enough about Trask to 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 think again, that the Bucs would have someone higher value at 32 than him in the first round. But the Fields thing, and when it comes to Chris Sims, like I said, Chris Sims was bored. He was bored. I mean, he's looking for looking for attention. I like Chris Sims. I think he's very intelligent. I think he's real good um, for what he does. His analysis is great. Being on Sunday nights on NBC and, and also being on Pro Football Talking. And, and uh, actually, I've interviewed Chris, had him on guests on shows. When I've worked in other markets, so Chris is good. I'm a big fan of his dad. I love I love Phil Simms. I mean, grew up watching him playing, you know, in the Big Blue. But that 32 thing with with Justin Fields, we, you and I can sit here and think of teams that would take him before he would fall that far. And okay, Patriots, fine. Even, even if you, you want to say, even if you want to say Denver doesn't want to bring another guy because of whether it be luck or Teddy, that's fine. But Chicago had to go out and get Andy Dalton. You think they'd yeah. let him drop the 32? The Saints, even, who are picking a couple picks ahead of the ahead of the Bucks. I mean, yeah. you got you got players on on one-year deals on teams. And now, you draft and you would draft a, a guy that he's not a project. Last I checked, he was playing in the BCS title game too. The, there have been concerns recently as far as 
you know, that uh, the, the epilepsy thing just came out about Justin Fields, but doctors have said they expect him to outgrow it. Uh, it's a hereditary thing. It's common in his family. So I don't know if that's why uh, teams are, you know, shying away from him. And it seems pretty likely that he will be the fifth quarterback taken in this first round. And I think both of us think that five quarterbacks will be taken in this first round, despite what I think about one of them. Um, Mac Jones, feel free. Yes. Because yes. you said he won't go in the top 15, which I told you. That's not what I said. I said I would not. I said I would not take him in well, the first round. Last I checked, your name's not on any general manager's doors. So Yes, you- I know. But here's the thing. I predicted what I think will be Mac Jones's lack of success in the NFL. I didn't predict what I think other teams will think of him as Roger Goodell is stepping to the podium right now with the number two overall pick in the New York Jets. And we're all assuming that it is going to be Zach Wilson. And it is Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU going to the Jets. And now San Fran is on the clock. And I think that this is the first pick tonight that has some intrigue into it. Will it be Mac Jones or will it be as betting markets have shifted today towards Trey Lance out of North Dakota State? And does the Aaron Rodgers thing have any impact on this? Because you can say what you want about what San Francisco gave up to trade up to the number three spot. If you offer the Green Bay Packers this number three overall pick, and if you even want to throw in Jimmy Garoppolo into that as well, I don't care what they gave up. If you think you can win a Super Bowl in the next three years that Aaron Rodgers is under contract, I don't care about however much draft capital you gave up. Draft capital doesn't matter to champions. The goal of every single trade is to win a Super Bowl. So I'm very intrigued here to see if there have been conflicting reports uh, you know, Pro Football Talk is reporting that Aaron Rodgers told the Green Bay Packers to take San Fran's offer, while Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter are both reporting that, yes, the Green Bay Packers have talked to teams, but no one has made an offer on Aaron Rodgers. But you've got to think, though, whether it's a conversation between scouts or something like that, I, you've got to think that San Francisco has to have in the back of their mind or have at least inquired to the Packers as to what quarterback that they would like here. Oh, if the trade isn't done before that. No, absolutely. Whether, whether it's San Francisco, uh, you mentioned Mark Slareth talking about Denver. If you're a, if you're a team and it intrigues you to get the reigning MVP on your team, you're calling. You may not you may not get far in the conversation. San Francisco may have not gotten far in the conversation. Green Bay can talk about the fact that they want to keep Aaron Rodgers, but as it is right now, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much in the dropping seat. He's basically told you, I'm not playing for you. I don't want to play for you. And because of that, you know, we went through this a couple of months ago, and it was intriguing to go through it until legal issues basically torn in, into pieces, and I certainly don't want to go there. When, yeah, when no need to get into all about, that. Yeah, I don't want to get into the, all the off-the-field off issues that Houston's dealing with, but in a similar situation, 
You have Aaron Rodgers telling you, I don't want to play for your team any longer. I don't trust the organization. You've done what you've done. You moved up to draft my parent without even telling me. So there's a level of respect. And and listen. And you had needs, and that was the first pick you took. Oh, my god! When, so when you are Aaron Rodgers, and you know what he did? I mean, he, he was upset with what happened basically a year ago in the draft, and he went out and won the MVP. And went to the he, NFC Championship again. He won the MVP. He was the most valuable player. He didn't just say, screw you guys. I'm, I'm pissed you guys drafted my heir apparent and had a bad season. He was good enough to win the MVP. And yep. now he's in the driver's seat and telling you, I'm taking my MVP skills to another team, whether you like it or not. It's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out because I believe it was the pro football talk report that came out that how this all started was that the uh, Green Bay Packers at the beginning of the offseason told Aaron Rodgers that they were going to trade him. And then they backed off of that. And then when they backed off of that, Aaron Rodgers said, no, you're not backing off of it. You're trading me. So it's in all of those three teams, the three teams that we've mentioned talking about San Fran, talking about uh, the Denver Broncos and talking about the Raiders, maybe not the Broncos so much, but when I saw the report that Aaron Rodgers wanted out, San Fran and the Raiders were two teams that came to mind because not just that they have some draft capital that they can give up and, and high picks. They also have, you know, Green Bay, you can say what Aaron Rodgers has said about that roster, whatever. They've greatly improved their defense. They've been to the NFC championship game two years in a row. And Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he has injury concerns, was a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl two years ago. And Derek Carr has certainly shown flashes of being a very good quarterback. So if either of those quarterbacks could be included in a possible deal for Aaron Rodgers, I think that that somewhat sweetens it for Green Bay because, yes, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, but especially that defense, there's a roster that is ready to compete still in Green Bay, even there's without Rodgers. There's a reason why the Raiders and the Niners are being brought up too. He's a Bay Area guy. Yep. That's where he's from Cali. What the cow? He's, I mean, that's that's home. You know, we, we talked probably about 14, 15 months ago when um, a certain GOAT Hall of Fame quarterback, prior to getting to the Tampa area, we were looking for his next place to play. And what did we do? We put him in the Bay Area. We talked about San Francisco and the L.A. Chargers and you know, finally it dwindled down that he would come to Tampa Bay. But the same thing that Tom Brady went through a year ago, 14, 15 months ago. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. He's from the Bay Area. And depending on outside interest, let's talk about the Jeopardy thing, hosting that, and his personal life with uh, who he's dating and engaged to. She's an actress. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to stop you for a second about the Jeopardy thing. Jeopardy films like – 40-something days out of the year. People okay. saying Aaron Rodgers is going to... 
Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Like people yeah. questioning that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire from the NFL oh, no, to host Jeopardy. No no no, 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 you're not saying it, but no, other people have said it. No, and I'm no, like, no, 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 no. This isn't Jim Brown retiring after winning an MVP and going on to be an actor. Aaron Rodgers wants to host Jeopardy. He's not talking about becoming the next action hero and being in the Magnificent Seven or anything like that. He just wants to host Jeopardy, and I look. You know, which did you by watch the way, any of the episodes? I thought he was good. I'm a Jeopardy guy. Definitely good. He was uh, yeah. he handled himself because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But um, we talked about Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence having his outside interest. Andrew Luck having his outside interest. Last I checked, the reigning MVP wants to host Jeopardy. He'll be okay, and he'll still win football games on Sundays, no matter where he's playing. But you brought up the places, and I. Jokingly mentioned one straight down alligator alley south from Tampa, 75. I'll say that I'll say that I'll say this about the Miami Dolphins. Actually, I'm gonna hold off for a second because Roger Goodell is walking to the podium with the number three overall pick. And let's see if San Francisco ruins their next uh five to ten years here with this pick. <laughs> Mac. Jones. Who is it? It's Trey Lance. They do not pick Mac Jones at the number three overall pick. And neither of us admittedly watch a whole lot of North Dakota State football. But I, especially this past year with uh, Division uh, Division 1AA or whatever it is, the FCS uh, not playing uh, during the regular college football season. I believe North Dakota State played one game during uh, during the fall season. Uh, the last time a quarterback was taken out of uh, North Dakota State, it's up in the air now, but it went well at the start with one with one Carson Wentz. And what I have seen of Trey Lance, I like what the the 49ers are getting. Obviously, it might not be as big of a slam dunk as you, when when we're talking about the first two quarterbacks that were taken here in the draft, but I think Lance can be a very good NFL quarterback and if they do keep Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster, it's a situation where he can possibly, you know, sit on the bench and learn for a little bit longer even though talking about trades Last night, reports came out that the Patriots were talking to the 49ers about trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. So interesting, or, but but I do think that the 49ers made made the right move and not selecting Mac Jones, even though I'm pretty mixed on who I had as my number three overall quarterback between Lance and Fields. Lance could learn under Jimmy Garoppolo, or he could learn – under Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Just I like just Aaron don't. Rodgers learned under Brett Favre. But do you? Th- but the situation that the Packers are in, you think that they make a trade with San Fran and Lance isn't included in it? Oh no, they're not getting Lance. They didn't draft him to trade him. No, they're not getting. They're not getting Lance. They already have love. Why would they want Lance? There, they there's been. Parents. But there's been rumors that they were trading Love. Love wasn't even active for any games last year. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I mean, just because he wasn't active in his first season. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that in regards to. 
I don't I don't put any any stock into that in regards to whether or not they still think he's the heir apparent. But I mean, that there are a ton of substantial rumors out there that they that they are looking to trade him. Uh, Denver was one of the teams mentioned there. They're not obviously not going that route, but you'd rather. I think that they would want Lance. I think if they're if they were making any trade within these top ten picks with teams that need quarterbacks, I think that they would be taking a quarterback instead of instead of keeping uh, Jordan Love as their supposed heir apparent I think that that would be the direction that they go because talking about what Jordan Love was perceived to be coming out of college versus what Trey Lance was perceived to be coming out of college two completely different stories but now Atlanta's on the clock now and a lot of people have circled Kyle Pitts possibly here the tight end uh, coming out of the University of Florida but then today Odds makers in Vegas, obviously they knew something with the Matt Jones and Trey Lance situation because it seemed like all the reports over the past couple of weeks were Matt Jones. That's who San Fran traded up to get. But then today, all of a sudden, Vegas shifted Lance to being the favorite. Vegas has uh, switched the odds a little bit. I believe Pitts is still the favorite, but there are a lot more rumors and Vegas liking the odds of the Falcons taking a quarterback here at number four. I still think that it's a little too early for the Falcons to take a quarterback because I don't think Matt Ryan has diminished that greatly. I think unless you're going to trade Matt Ryan, I think you don't take a quarterback here. And there are rumors that they might trade Julio Jones because of cat concerns. And there are a ton of skill position players that they could take here. Pitts being one of them. I think that you have to go Pitts, or if you really like Jamar Chase out of LSU, uh, I think you have to go receiver or tight end here. I just don't, I think it's, I think not in this draft, it's not the time for Atlanta to pick the successor to Matt Ryan, unless you have plans to trade him this offseason. Well, that's the dilemma when it comes to picking this high and having a, a veteran quarterback that's on the the other side of, of his career, so to speak, when it comes to he, he's on the back nine. Let's let's admit on his last. I think he's. I think it's safe to say he's on his last contract. Three years left on the contract. Oh, yeah. no He'll be like thirty nine. No he's, yeah. he's on yeah. the 15th hole. He's on the fifteenth hole, and because of that, you don't want to be in a situation that they're in in twenty twenty one where you're drafted in the top five. And I get it because you're right. They have a lot more needs than to address getting the heir apparent when. You still have a guy that you're going, you're looking at playing for the next three years. So I would I think they take a quarterback here? It would surprise me, not shock, but it would surprise me if they did, um, because they have other needs and because they have a, a guy that's still playing at a high level, even though he's like I said, he's on the 15th hole and he's like you mentioned, he's probably gonna play another three years. And the whole thing about trading quarterbacks, it's it, it intrigues me because you mentioned the Packers all of a sudden are you know, rumored to be trading, wanting to trade, you know, Jordan Love. Or the, the, the Falcons may, may one day want to trade Matt Ryan. What we need to remember when we say stuff like that is someone wants, someone needs to want these guys. Okay. And I'm not saying that no one wants Matt Ryan, but you get Matt Ryan and his contract. You have to be in a position yeah. to, you have to be in a position to, Win now 
to do that. I mean, look how long it took Matt Stafford to get the heck out of Detroit. We finally got to Detroit because there was a team that was willing to give Detroit back another quarterback. Willingly, they basically packed Jared Goff. We got you. Get, no, 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 no. We'll pack for you. Don't worry about it. We, we'll come in. We'll pack for you. They wanted to get rid of Goff. And because of that, the Rams were able to get Matt Stafford. But Matt Stafford's been suffering for years in Detroit. Maybe he didn't complain enough to get out of there. But bottom line is that you have to be in a position to have someone willing to take your quarterback off your hands, whether it be Matt Ryan or Jordan Love. What's Jordan Love done in the league that says to you as a general manager, hey, I want that guy? Nothing. But... Okay, but if Green Bay's willing to trade him after drafting him after only one year, what the heck would I want the guy for then? If you're telling me he's not good enough to be your heir apparent, I want him now? Same thing with Josh Rosen, what happened with, with Josh Rosen in Arizona. But the Falcons pick is in, and it is Kyle Pitts out of the University of Florida. And he's still listed as a tight end. I think he should still play tight end uh, in the NFL, even though a lot of people are trying to push him out to wide receiver. But you want to talk about his size and a guy that can is a huge weapon. Uh, I mean – I would really like to see him standing next to Julio Jones and just compare the size because if they are uh, going to end up trading Julio this offseason, uh, Kyle Pitts, even though he plays a different position or played a different position in uh, in college, is definitely a guy that you can split out wide as well and be a huge weapon alongside another young receiver that they already have in Atlanta and Calvin Ridley. I think that this is, this is a very good pick for Atlanta and – you know, Matt Ryan on the later stages of his career. Uh, I would not want the Falcons to trade Julio Jones if I'm Matt Ryan, but still I'm very happy with getting another huge weapon in Kyle Pitts. Absolutely. But you, you, you mentioned Pitts being a tight end. He's not your prototypical tight end, stay on the line tight end. He's going to, as you mentioned, he's going to line up out wide. He's going to line up in the slot. He's, he's going to line up on the line, certainly, but depending on how, how Atlanta's going to use him and, and new head coach Arthur Smith, uh, son of my longtime friend, Fred Smith, Fred Smith, FedEx, shout out Fred Smith. I met him one day. Don't, don't look at me crazy. I met Fred. I Smith. did? I met him. Oh, my bad. I worked, I worked for Fred for, for a long time. But anyway, gotcha. Arthur Smith, new head coach, Atlanta Falcons. He's going to use Pitts in various ways to take advantage of his ability to win matchups against defensive backs. Yeah, they're going to ask him eventually to to play on the line and block depending on the situations. But for the most part, the offensive package they're going to put together, it's going to have him mismatch, first down, second down, lined up against a linebacker out wide, taking advantage of his ability to win matchups. And basically, if it's a defensive back, outstrength that guy and if it's a linebacker just outrun that guy and he's going to do it consistently think about how how defenses try to stop the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers whether it be George Kittle in San Francisco or Travis Kelsey if you ever watched film on those guys watch who's playing those guys it's usually a safety or or a cornerback because teams know Teams that defend them know 
that that guy's not going to play a whole lot on the offensive line. He'll be there in some situations, but for the most part, the offensive package that teams put together that have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and now Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts are going to use that guy in packages that make him take advantage of matchups. The Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. They had the number one overall pick last year, and they drafted Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow obviously and unfortunately went down with an injury last year. And people are talking about, you know, the Bengals possibly taking uh, a skill position player here. I personally think they have to go offensive line. Yes, uh, Jamar Chase is is a great prospect out of LSU, but the Bengals have drafted wide receivers high recently. I think that they are much better off, whether it's Slater, Darisaw, or Sayway out of uh, out of Oregon. I think that they are much better off drafting an offensive lineman here. You've already seen it. You put so much stock into Joe Burrow, and he went down with a horrific injury last year. Protection is what Joe Burrow needs, and you still got to hope that guys like John Ross pan out. No, absolutely. You, you have to protect your investment. We talked about whether it be the Jags or anyone else picking in the top five. You don't want to be here again, right? San Francisco, yep. uh, Cincinnati should not be here again. They should not be picking in the top five a year after drafting their franchise quarterback. The reason why they are is because one, he got hurt, but two is you have to you have to put pieces around him so that he is successful in turning your franchise around. And they're in you a very tough division as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. But you still should be picking top five. I don't care how tough the division yeah. is. Win six games. Win seven games. Win eight games. Find a way. But we mentioned, I mentioned, the Jets and Sam Donald and how they did the disservice to him and, and not putting the right pieces around him. Since Cincinnati has the opportunity to do that. They already have, they already have the wideouts. Now they need to, to work on the offensive line, the immediate protection for their franchise quarterback. So they're not picking in the top five again in 2022. I mean, these teams that are picking in the top five this year that drafted these quarterbacks, build build around those guys so you're not here again. Yeah, and I think that, like I keep mentioning, the injury that happened to Joe Burrow, you have to see that and you have to instantly circle offensive line. And you have, you're picking fifth in the draft, which offensive tackles clearly uh, have a lot of value high in the draft. This year, to a lot of people, there wasn't really – because I don't know if it's because the quarterbacks were so good or because the tackles were a little bit off this year, but we've seen offensive tackles go number one overall in in the NFL draft before. Uh, talk Eric Fisher with Kansas City. It's happened before. So I think when you're in the position to take the best offensive tackle in the draft, you got your quarterback last year. I think that that's what they should do. Uh, the pick is in. We're waiting for it to be announced by uh, Roger Goodell. We're through five picks in the NFL draft. I think uh, Lynn and I will stay with you a little bit longer. Maybe uh, maybe let's stay through the top 10, uh, Lynn. I don't think we're going to stay on here for five hours tonight uh, and wait for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> what do you got to do, baby? Let's, let's, let's stay on here. Marathon. I mean, got a 15-year-old or 15-month-old, not a 15-year-old oh, yeah. yet. You're, you're, that you're needs pushed, to go to sleep. You're already, at some pushing point. Out, you're already pushing out to the Sweet 16 already, man. I mean, God, yeah, no. dude. 
Come yeah, on, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But once again, yes, Lynn Martez and Trey Downey. We are new here to Bucks Nation and SB Nation, but we are taking you through reacting live to the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And after we, we sign off the video feed uh, tomorrow morning when you wake up, uh, you'll be able to listen to this if you if you miss if you miss some of it. Uh, you'll be able to listen on the Bucks Nation podcast feed wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search Bucks Nation and hit that subscribe button to listen to us. And you can follow us on Twitter. Along, you're watching this on the Bucks Nation Twitter feed, but Lynn is on Twitter. You can see it on his shirt at Elmar810. I am at TD experience on Twitter. We will react uh, in written form throughout the rest of the NFL draft, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, pick. And who knows, maybe tomorrow at the start of the second round, uh, maybe we'll hop on here again and react to what the Bucs did last night and talk about some of the best uh, available still on the board as we start the second round of the NFL draft on Friday night. Lynn, the Miami Dolphins coming up here, the Detroit Lions coming up here, Denver still in the top 10 as well. Uh, do you think that we see another quarterback here go here in the top 10? Talking about uh, Mac Jones yeah, that's or why that's why we're gonna stick. That's why we're going to stick around. Yeah. We're going to stick around <laughs> to see where the quarterbacks go. We're going to stick around and watch Denver draft a quarterback, and you're going to tell me um, – not gonna they have, they have true, they have true luck. Anyway, um, no, I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, I'm curious to see where Fields ends up if he does get out of the top ten. Again, don't tell me 32. Um, I'm curious to see what Miami does here because they you watched you watch enough Dolphin games being in the state of Florida. You watch them struggle. They struggled. With two at quarterback, and you can talk about whether or not he took chances with the football. Um, they're in need of weapons. They're, you know, they, they have Devontae Parker, whose contract is coming up, who they have to decide whether or not they're going to give him big money as a number one receiver, whether they tag him or however, however they handle that. They've got K, um, Will Fuller, who they got from Houston in a yep. trade. Uh, so they're in, and they're in need of, of more weapons offensively. They probably would have loved to see Kyle Pitts fall down to him at six. But or got Jamar Chase, who was just taken as well by the Cincinnati Bengals. They did go receiver instead of offensive line there at uh, at number at number five. Yeah, and and it's it's weird because now I mean they, they they've got three really good wide receivers, but. You got to have your quarterback stay upright. Now, again, they could address the offensive line further in the draft um, and probably maybe thought that, again, Chase is the top of their board. So they took a guy that uh, their quarterback's very familiar with in 2019, that season that that Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow set all those records. He did it with Jamar Chase in hand. Now with, with Chase and Pitts off the board, obviously Miami – would have their pick of either of the Alabama receivers, the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddell if they want to take a receiver here. But I think with those first two guys off the board, if a team wants to come up here and possibly take a quarterback, this is definitely a uh, a trade contender right here. Uh, or Detroit, or they can, we, or they, can, they can draft a, a, a 
bookend, left tackle, depending on who's yeah. top on their who's top on their board. Yeah. I mean, you know, Miami was Miami lucked out. What was it 2016 or 2017? 2017, I believe it was, when they drafted uh Larry Tunsil, who fell to yeah. them. And they turned Tunsil into three first round picks. And it's the reason why they're drafting tonight at number six. Because they originally had a number three pick from Houston. They traded that and uh traded that back to 12 and then traded back into the sixth pick for tonight. But the bottom line is they weren't with their board that night. And granted, it might be it's a different general manager then, but still that's how that's how teams work. Who's top on their board? They may have not thought that Sue would drop to them. So now they've got to, you know, think in terms – and the phone could be in too, as you mentioned. They could be a team that wants to trade up to, to uh, get one of these quarterbacks or even maybe get Sue. And all of a sudden Miami has more draft capital if they trade out of six. But they could, yeah. again, draft if, – if they want to get an all – a guy who's been compared to all pro Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame Anthony Munoz and Sue, then you draft him. Yeah, it's definitely weird to see, to go through the top five of an NFL draft and not see an offensive lineman uh, off the board just yet. The Dolphins' pick is in. We are waiting to see which way they go. Do they draft a weapon or protection for Tua Tagovailoa? Uh, and then the next pick, Detroit, I think, maybe the only pick left in the in the top 10 that we're ta- I mean Denver too these are these are teams that have traded for quarterbacks this offseason obviously Detroit trading Matt trading Matthew Stafford to uh the Rams out in LA and getting uh getting a number a n- former number 1 overall pick back as well uh in that trade but do Detroit, do they take a quarterback there? I, it's possible. Does Denver take a quarterback? I don't think that they I don't think that they will. Uh, how much does Detroit like Jared Goff? And are they going to make him the quarterback of the future? Carolina, I think in trading and getting Sam Darnold in a trade, I don't think they're taking a quarterback there. So I think I in the Cowboys as well at number 10, you keep talking about these quarterbacks not falling, but there's still two on the board. If this has got to be prime trade up uh, territory, whether you're the Patriots or the Bears, and maybe you possibly liked Mac Jones and you thought all along that San Fran was going to take him, uh, these next four picks or so is our prime trade up category, or else we're, I think the next time we're going to be talking about a possible quarterback really is the Patriots at 15. Well, you pose a question and, and you just, you, ran over like a speed bump. You mentioned how much does Detroit like Jared Goff? And I'm here to tell you, they better like him a whole lot because they're paying him a whole lot and they yeah. gave up a whole lot to get him. So Detroit's not picking a quarterback here. I'd be shocked. And if, and if, if they do, I'm, I'm just going to walk. I'll, I'll walk off. You can do this by yourself because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about at that standpoint. Uh, you you made the trade for Jared Goff. You're paying. You're basically absorbing his contract that he got from LA, and you you traded you traded away Matthew Stafford. So you talk about like, another team that could be drafting number one next year. Detroit might be one of those as well. Well, you I mean you, you may not be if you're able to to get uh, Jared Goff some help. 
and get him some yeah. offensive line, depending on what Miami does here. Detroit may end up with Sewell. Um, or I'd Slater be, from uh, Northwestern as well. Christian Darisol from Virginia Tech as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, there's, there's the curveball in this was the Bengals taking taking uh, Jamal Chase. And an Alabama receiver is off the board, and it is not Devontae Smith, Lynn Martez, who you were pretty uh, you were pretty bullish in saying that you were pretty sure that Smith was going to get drafted ahead of Waddle. No, I didn't. I, I said he'd be in the top. I said he'd be in the top fifteen, and you said he wouldn't be. And I said, did you watch the championship game? No, no, no. I I think Smith is I think Smith is a is a great player, uh, and I honestly would probably take him over Waddle myself. Again, this was talking about what I thought teams would do so now back to back uh miami uh miami takes a receiver uh jamar chase goes to pick before to the cincinnati Bengals. now detroit on the board i think they i think we're finally talking about offensive line here i think when you get to when you get to number eight with carolina i think you might be talking about the first uh defensive player uh taken off the board in, in this year's nfl draft it's just such a different draft. All we all we've seen so far really is quarterbacks, quarterbacks and receivers. Three okay. quarterbacks, three two receivers and a tight end. I guess you got to ask yourself, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating. This is nothing that I know of. Why Sewell dropping? You can't tell me. You can't tell yeah. me that that teams don't need. As, as valuable as the left tackle is, the left tackle besides quarterback is the most important position you can have. And you're talking about a wide receiver rich draft, right? I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about receivers being drafted in the 20s and in the top of the, of the second round, right? We're talking about those guys. So why, why is there such a need to go? I mean, I, I, I love A.J. Brown, but that's Jamar Chase's comparison. So, I mean, you're going to tell me that you couldn't get another wide receiver if you took Sewell? Why Sewell dropping? That's my question. And I don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking it. Is it something, you know, is there, you know, possible injury? There's always little things. Did teams find something they didn't like in interviewing the guy? Teams. Uh, Teams. Yes, multiple teams. Because, yeah, because from, from five, now six. And depending on what Detroit does here, I mean, and, and Detroit could take them. And then, we'll, then yeah. you know, the conversation we're having is, is, is somewhat mute. But if Detroit passes on him here, there's something we don't know. It's something that, that will come out eventually. And honestly, even though the Buccaneers signed Donovan Smith to an extension, the longer we go without one of those three tackles being taken off the board, it also extends the possibility of possibly one falling to the Bucks at number 32. And he's not going to play in his first year, but it's always good to have very good offensive oh, no. line depth. No, uh, no. I, are you saying no you don't think? No, I'm saying no doubt. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No doubt. Oh, so it's a depth concern. That's when it, when it comes to, if you, I mean, the years that we've covered NFL teams, all coaches, all coaches, all head coaches want depth on a offensive line. It's one of the most important things to have because, I mean, you can basically death taxes 
and injuries on offensive line during the season. Yep. It happens. It, it happens. And if you're talking about the Bucks taking uh, an, an offensive tackle at number 32, that's one pick higher than when they drafted Donovan Smith, who has been their starting left tackle since he stepped foot into the NFL. Yes, he has had his struggles, but I'll tell you something right now. He wouldn't be signed to an extension if the greatest quarterback of all time didn't uh, have a favorable view of him as his left tackle. Everyone signed off on it. Yeah. Everyone signed off on it. Whether you can start with Jason Light on down to Bruce, uh, to the offensive line coach, to, to as you mentioned, uh, the guy that <laughs> who's protected the most yep. by Donovan Smith, and that being Tom Brady, who happens to be in his mid-40s still playing quarterback. So if Donovan wasn't doing well and doing what he was supposed to be doing and protecting that 40-plus, 40 45-year-old quarterback's blind side on a Super Bowl-winning team, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be he here. Donovan Smith definitely stepped up, especially in the playoffs. He did have his struggles a little bit during uh, the regular season where, you know, he didn't look at, like as much – of a turnstile as he did in the past, but uh, in the playoffs, it just happened. It it, it happened, but uh, he kept Tom Brady upright in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, which is the most important thing. Once again, Trey Downey and Lynn Martez live with you here on the Bucks Nation Twitter feed for the first round of the NFL draft. Seven picks are in. We are still waiting to see uh, who the Detroit Lions have selected at number seven. And then we will see the second team from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers division, the Carolina Panthers drafting. And, you know, they've got a quarterback possibly in Sam Darnold, who they're putting a lot of stock in. Can Joe Brady develop him better than what was uh, going on with uh with Teddy Bridgewater last year, you've got some, you've got some receivers uh, for him to throw to on that team. So I think defense might be the way that uh, that Carolina goes there at number, at number eight. And then we're going to talk about Denver as well, even though they traded for Bridgewater as a quarterback in their future at number nine, uh, they're supposedly still in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes as well. So very interesting, uh, couple of picks left here in the top 10 and the possibility of a trade-up into the top 10 to get a quarterback is still very possible with Justin Fields and Mac Jones still on the board. Uh, Detroit, man, this is, this is a situation as Roger Goodell comes to the podium. We're going to, we're going to talk about it here as it happens. If they don't go offensive tackle here, uh, with Sewell out, out of Oregon, uh, what's going on there as far as uh, as far as his future and what did teams see that they didn't that they didn't take him? And yes, uh, it's Penny Sweat Sewell, uh, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, who has been you know projected to be a top five, top ten pick for the last couple years. You know, sometimes you know I'm a I'm a little bit of a mock draft junkie, so when I'm looking at you know mock drafts into the future, this was a guy that has been projected to be a top 10 pick for a very long time. And Jared Goff has some protection in Detroit moving forward. Yeah, no, and and uh, you would think that the teams that passed on him just valued 
Waddle and Chase more than they, they value having a left tackle. And good for them. Joe Burrow gets a another weapon and gets one that he's familiar with. And so yep. does Tua Tungavaloa. You know, ironically, Joe Burrow and Tua, two of the quarterbacks in uh, college football 2018, 2019. And now they have the, the, the guys that they threw the most to in their college careers. And uh, although Smith caught that winning touchdown in the game that Tua came in uh, to replace Jalen Hurts, it gets wild. And Miami gets him another weapon. The thing now in Miami is take the excuses out, get the weapons there, because now it's, I mean, it's cool as far as the first year and learning under Fitzpatrick and having your moments, but now it's year two. Now it's your job. You're the, you're the number one guy. And I'm talking about Tua talking about low. He's the number one guy in Miami. And because of that, whether it be drafting Pernay Sewell or, or taking Jalen Waddle, they've addressed a need on their offense when it comes to getting weapons for Tua Tagovailoa, and, and again, putting pieces around him so there are no excuses why someone doesn't pan out. And Len, you mentioned talking about you know one of the more interesting things in this year's NFL draft that we've never seen before is players that opted out and that we haven't seen play in over a year and would teams frown upon that and would would these guys that were projected to go so high where would they go and we've seen two of them selected so far in the top 10 with Jamar Chase from LSU and now Sewell from the University of Oregon uh could another one possibly be on tap here number eight at, at Carolina with Caleb Fairley uh from Virginia Tech the cornerback uh, who I have rated as the top corner in this draft. Uh, mock drafts have him going anywhere from this pick at number eight to the late teens, but that's another guy who opted out as well that could possibly be uh, taken early. I hope that this isn't a thing of the future, and we're just talking about guys opting out of their bowl games and not uh, and not entire seasons uh, before going into the NFL draft. But I'll be completely honest, if it's not hurting these guys – this much, I wouldn't be surprised to see it a little bit more. Maybe not the entire season, but maybe part of the season, like we saw with uh, with Bosa at Ohio State. Correct. Yeah. No. It, um, as as a as a fan, as a football college football fan on Saturdays and, and or Thursday nights, um, yeah, you'd like to, and, and even even the the BCS semifinals and championship games you would you want your best players and to uh to showcase and play in those games selfishly i'd like to see those guys continue to play but would i object and kick and scream that they they chose to to opt out the the final year and get ready for the draft heck no because it it might be the possibility based off the advice they get that i would probably do the same thing if i was in that situation that's one of the things that Again, selfishly as a fan, college football fan, I'd like to see those guys play. But that's one of the things that we have to think about when when you think about how it affects you. It's not about you. It's not about what I want yeah. as far as a college football fan's concerned. Here's a guy, here's a player that's thinking about his future and about going becoming a pro. So God bless him. Move on. You know, if if, if it becomes it, look, I'm with you. I don't want to see it happen, Trey. 
But if it becomes a thing that guys do based off of what happened in 2020 with, with COVID, um, can you blame them? You can't blame them. No, you really can't, especially if it doesn't hurt their hurt their draft stock exponentially. As Like I've said, we've seen two guys that opted out this past year. And yes, this past year was completely different because of COVID. And then talking about Bosa, who went to – who went very high in the draft. That was a little bit more, he was injured and he probably could have came back late in the season, decided not to. So that was a little bit of a different situation. I'll just be interested too, to see how NFL teams view it moving forward, because we've seen it talked about even when guys opt out of bowl games, like you've seen, you know, I don't know if it's just a talking heads thing or if it really is a conversation among scouts talking about, if this guy opts out of a bowl game, how much does he really love football? And we haven't seen it in talking about the college football playoff and even the biggest bowl games. We haven't seen a marquee player opt out of that, but we've seen players opt out of the holiday bowl and, you know, some of your lesser bowls or even some of your mid tier bowls. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, moving forward. I don't think a ton of people would have, blamed Jamar Chase. I could still have seen him going number five if he started the season, the COVID season and knowing what the risks were. And then he saw, you know, this LSU team isn't what it was last year. And he opted out in the middle of the season, uh, even with the, the COVID concerns. I still could have seen him going in the top five. But last year was a completely different situation. I'm going to be very interested to see how it impacts college football in the NFL draft moving forward and Carolina the pick is in and it is a cornerback but it is not Caleb Fairley from Virginia Tech it is JC Horn from South Carolina his dad played in the NFC South before the New Orleans Saints Joe Horn former NFL wide receiver interesting there to see uh to see Carolina take Horn over Caleb Fairley, but I thought Carolina would be the first, uh, looking at how this draft went, I thought they'd be the first team to take a defensive player, and a cornerback is off the board. Now, Lynn, it's time to it's time to talk about Denver, but before we talk about Denver and the possibility of, take, of taking a quarterback, we've seen two NFC South teams draft so far uh, in the top 10 of this NFL draft. New Orleans is going to be a completely different team. Uh, next year without Drew Brees as well. Out of these two teams that picked in the top 10, talking about Carolina and talking about Atlanta, which one do you think, looking at their roster right now, is in a better position to possibly give the Buccaneers a challenge in the NFC South in 2021? You mean closer to the Bucs? I don't know about challenge is concerned. Closer to the Bucks from from a from a standing standpoint, win loss. Or who who would surprise you less if they made a playoff run as a wild card? Maybe surprise me less would be Carolina. You're talking about really? second year second year coach as opposed to a first year head coach. That's number one. Number number two is they're they're building a defense in in Carolina, and number three. CMC would be healthy in 2021. <laughs> CMC being yeah. Christian McCaffrey, who uh and look, it would have been nice for 
for Sam Donald to get another weapon when it when it comes to when it came to um, the Carolina Panthers and, and where they picked at eight tonight. But okay, so they didn't. He still got Robbie. They've got, they got DJ Moore. They've got, got Robbie DJ Anderson. Moore. They got DJ Moore. They got Robbie Anderson, and they got CMC. So yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, like I said, they're building the defense there. Uh, Matt Rule's doing his thing in, in Carolina, and there's no knock on the Falcons because they certainly have a few pieces in, in place. Uh, a former but, MVP quarterback, all pro wide receivers. Okay, and they had that last year. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, if, like I said, you're making me choose one. I'm choosing Carolina to be closer to the Bucks in the standing than than um, Atlanta. I'm just surprised. Well, one thing, one thing I will bring up though, I wanted to, you, you mentioned the, the the opt out thing, and you meant it a lot, and there's a lot of I, I agree with. But one thing we need to factor in by discussing this is the fact that there was a player in the Big Ten who petitioned to play in 2020. And that player hasn't been taken yet. And that player has been sinking on draft boards. Okay. So we can talk all about, oh, well, GMs and teams and organizations, will they, will they, will they uh, devalue you because you opt out and la, 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 la. Well, there was a player who wanted to play in 2020 and he's been dropping on the draft boards ever since we've been talking draft. And I'm talking about uh, Justin Fields, who just happened to play in the national championship game, hurt. Guy was a baller. And I'm not even his biggest fan. I've been one of his biggest critics because watching him play on Saturdays, watching a lot of college watching him play on Saturdays, ironically playing in 2020 when originally the Big Ten wasn't supposed to play. But again, he led the charge to get them to play again, maybe not the most important factor in the Big Ten playing, but he certainly was a part of it. But I watched him play. And a lot of times, which a lot of quarterbacks in college football, unfortunately, fall into this category, there were times where it was one read going after that guy and that guy only, and the ball's coming out. And that's basically what a lot of quarterbacks, there's, there isn't a whole lot of, one read, two read, three read check downs in, in college football. Just aren't. There aren't a lot of guys that do that. And Fields was one of those guys that I watched, and he did. He was one of those guys that was like, okay, I'm going to get my one read, and I'm going to throw that guy. And if not, I'm I'm going to run. And, well, and to be to be fair, I mean, Fields had the ta- had the talent. To oh, do was that. successful in doing it. He was certainly successful. But my point is that was one of reasons why I was one of his biggest critics when it came to playing. And then I watched him in the national championship game. And I'm like. This dude has won me over because, again, he, he was productive against Alabama and he played hurt. I mean, in a game that in a game that meant something to the program. But again, you mentioned guys opting out. Fields didn't have to play. No, he was already going to the NFL. You already yeah. knew about him. We knew about Justin Fields already. So he went out there and played hurt, bust his ass, had a good game against the eventual BCS title winner in, in Alabama, and won me over. I've seen whether it's whether it's you know are NFL teams more more concerned than what 
eventually what came out in the reports about the you know the seizures and the the epilepsy for Justin Fields and then there have been reports this week that I've seen seen as well that they aren't necessarily concerned with anything at Ohio State but there are questions about the way that his transfer went down from Georgia to going to Ohio State is that possibly you know why he why he's falling it's definitely definitely an interesting situation and like I keep saying if he if he doesn't go here to to Denver is New England going to have their their pick between Mac Jones and and Justin Fields at number 15 and not even have to trade up to do so like a lot of people thought that they would where did you have you mentioned that you were a critic of Fields but you you liked what you saw from him in the national championship game. Uh, where did you have Fields ranked as far as you know the the top five quarterbacks? Did you have fourth. him fourth, fourth behind, yeah. behind Jones or behind Lance? Behind Lance because I didn't see enough of Lance to, to to really have a great take on on what he would be in the NFL. Okay. So I I definitely I had him right there right there at number I mean, three for me for me it's about watching guys play on Saturdays and when I watch guy I watch I watch Mac Jones I watch I watch Fields watch Wilson and watch Trevor Lawrence. What's ironic is that we're getting ready to drop out of the top ten, and the two quarterbacks the two starting quarterbacks who played in the BCS game may still be on the board after we get out of the top ten. And for yeah, all us talk about, and for all us talk about, this team needs to trade up, and that team needs to trade up, and uh, you know, if Bill Belichick wants a quarterback of the future, he's got to move up, and da da da. One of these two guys may land right on his lap. It's going to be very interesting to see to see what happens here. Like I said, it's, I think that one of them at least is going to be on the board for them once once we get to fifteen, just because of. Uh, how that how it uh, played out Uh, and the Broncos pick is in and it is another cornerback and it is not again Caleb Fairley of Virginia Tech it's an Alabama player two Alabama players now off the board uh, before Mac Jones it is Patrick Sertain and you know the SEC junior put some respect on the second the second the second Second. I covered his dad I covered his dad in Miami that's how old I am uh, I'm not going to age myself there. Go ahead, but, man. Uh, it's okay. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. But yes, uh, I think it's a given pretty much every single year that you're going to see the SEC defensive player of the year drafted in the top 10 or so of the NFL draft. And this guy is, a, is another one. And you want to talk about, uh, you know, what Seattle kind of changed in the NFL and in terms of, you know, taking, uh, larger corners. Just watch. Just looking at this guy, you know, walking up to the draft. He's a little bit of a of a taller guy. Uh, definitely uh, can play press coverage as well. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, is what's going on with Fairly? Fairly, uh, Fairly dropping a little bit as well later into the first round of the NFL draft. And now Dallas is on the clock. And Lynn, you said you thought Denver was a possibility. When it came to quarterback, I mean, where are these quarterbacks go? Is Chicago gonna end up having a quarterback fall into their draft, their lap as well 20? at at number twenty? One of the one of the five guys that people possibly thought uh, could go in the top ten. Maybe Chris Sims was right. 
kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. If we get Pat, it, I'm not. We're we're probably about to about to bow out here. But like I said, you can follow along on Twitter for the rest of the night at Elmar810 for Lynn and at TD Experience for myself. But if you see we go past number 15 and Bill Belichick doesn't take a quarterback there, then I think we have to start talking about it being a possibility. Whether that is Fields or whether that is Jones, we've heard Bruce Arians and the media say completely glowing things about Mac Jones. So I think the more the more and more picks that roll off the board, if we get past one of those Stop. two teams. Stop. It's possible. I mean, but you think you've of, still got think about, you've still, think got, about you've still the, got other teams. You've got the Steelers. Exactly. exactly. You've got the Steelers. You've got the Saints. So it yes. it's possible. But yes. I think I think the I think the tipping point has to be number fifteen and uh and the New England Patriots. And if they don't take a quarterback, I think that we're definitely into a possibility because I don't see talking about the next five picks. I don't see Dallas taking a quarterback. I don't see the New York Giants taking a quarterback. I don't see the, I don't, I don't see the Eagles taking a quarterback. I they, def- they haven't ruled it out. They have not def- ruled it out. Definitely not the Chargers. And I don't think uh, Minnesota's you taking think, a quarterback. If you think that Mac Jones or Justin Fields is better than Jalen Hurts, you draft that guy. So that's because, that's that's the only other you team other than because, New England coming up here. I mean, that's that's basically it. You talk about the teams that are not going to take one, okay? Because uh, the Cowboys say Dak Prescott is better than the players available. Dave Gettleman says Daniel Jones is better than the players available. But if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, and you think that. Mac Jones or Justin Fields is better than the quarterback you have on your roster. Guess what you're doing? You're drafting that quarterback. Who knows? Did they beat uh, Nick Sirianni in rock paper scissors, which he was Probably. doing uh, with I, I with draft prospects I, to, I know. That to sounds, test? That their, sounds like a trade downy move to test their uh, to test their competitiveness. That sounds like a trade downy move. Rock paper scissors. I have a certain strategy that I always go to in rock, paper, scissors. I won't give it away here. There is a trade. Let's see what this trade is. The Dallas Cowboys have traded the pick to the Eagles. Very interesting to see an inner division trade. And I don't think it's a quarterback because why would the Eagles be uh, going it's ahead of the a, Giants? not a quarterback. No, they they probably jumped the Giants. Devontae the Smith? Yeah. Yeah, or that, or Slater. Yeah, I I they I, jumped the Giants to get whomever they draft. They felt the Giants was probably going to take that guy. I think that's Whether the it be Smith that, or Slater. No, that's uh, that's certain. They're they're uh, they're crying still that they were showing. I was like, is that is that uh, Devonte Smith there? I I think that it's I think it's Devonte Smith there because you get to the Giants, Gettleman ain't. Taking a receiver, Gettleman loves his uh loves his hog mollies. It's exactly. all offensive line, yeah. exactly. But so yeah. I mean, okay, but maybe the Eagles are going to take his hog molly in Rashawn Slater. 
Yeah, and then Darisaw is still there as well. So, uh, I mean, if if the Heisman Trophy winner goes here in the top ten, count one on the board for uh, for Mister Lynn Martez there, who definitely uh, predicted that Devonte Smith would go high in this NFL draft. And you want to talk about you know teams that need weapons. The Philadelphia Eagles oh, definitely yeah. need need receivers yeah. Yeah. and. That would be a damn good one if uh, no, it if wouldn't be a good one. Here's a, here's a problem though, um, and yeah, you know, you've we've already discussed it. I'm I'm on Devontae's, uh, you know, I'm I'm driving the bus. I'm not on the bandwagon, but um, he's the only one at yeah. five, ten, one sixty. That's that's hard. I mean. It, you know, it's one thing to come into the league as a wide receiver and be placed in a situation where, you know, you can be successful. That's what you want. You know, Cincinnati Bengals, they've already got two guys in place already. Jamar Chase goes there and he hooks up with his with his buddy, Joe Burrow, and and hopefully the Bengals can get, you know, get things working right. Uh, and But Jamar Chase doesn't have to go there and, and think in terms of, I'm the only weapon we have. I mean, look at that. What look at what that wide receiver core could turn into? Tyler Boyd, uh, John Ross with the and and two speedy guys with with John Ross and uh, Ross isn't there anymore. Ross is is a giant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second time I've mentioned him tonight. But talking about Tyler Boyd in the in the in the main weapon there. Uh, But this is very interesting to see as there's. Devontae Smith in in the green room right now. Is that who the Eagles traded up to pick here and who they gave and what they gave up to move up two spots with the Cowboys? The Cowboys will pick at number 12, and they also gave up their third round selection, number 84 overall. So let's see what the Eagles do here, and then Lennon and myself will probably sign off for the night but as i said if you just hopped in now for some reason and you want to get in the car in the morning and listen to our reaction of the rest of the top 10 picks subscribe to the bucks nation podcast on whether that be itunes whether that be uh spotify iheart wherever you listen to your podcast you can subscribe and listen to the bucks nation podcast and as i mentioned maybe we'll get on here tomorrow night and talk about the second round and what the Bucks end up doing at number 32. Once we see what the Eagles do here, I want to make some uh, let's, you know, just have a little bit of fun with maybe some predictions for the rest of the first round and where, uh, where the last two quarterbacks could possibly go. And we'll just play what position we think the Bucks are going to take. But let's do that right now while we wait for the Eagle Eagles selection uh, who gets picked first between Fields and Jones, and uh, where do you think that uh, where do you think that they go? Jones to New England. I'm gonna go Fields to New England, and I think Jones ends up ends up with ends up with Chicago. And then where do you think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna flip? Um, I got the same teams, but I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Jones to New England, Fields to Chicago. I think right now in 2021, uh, 
I mean, is Andy Dalton going to be the starter? I think Fields could win that job. And I think Fields at number 20, even looking at them going into the NFL draft, I think that's a better situation than what they had over the past uh, few years in Mitchell Trubisky. The Eagles pick is in. Will the Eagles fans boo this pick? It's it's great that we'll be able to possibly hear them boo the pick. And it is. The Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, goes 10th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts has a weapon from his former school in Alabama. And as the Eagles are looking to turn things around, and it's the worst division in football. It definitely was last year. So we could definitely, I don't think it's fair to call any of those teams really the favorite, even though I think Washington is going to have a better quarterback situation this year uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the other two teams other than Washington are picking in the, the next few picks. But Len, before we get out of here, let's talk about the Bucks. When we get to when we're talking about this, probably uh, it'll probably be Friday morning, not Thursday night anymore. But what position are we talking about the Bucks taking at number thirty-two? It's not going to be sexy. It's going to be on, the, on one of the two lines: defensive tackle or, or an offensive tackle. They they play at guard initially until. Um, they need the right tackle or left. I'm sorry. Yeah, right tackle because Tristan Wirtz one day one day is going to be the left tackle on this football team. Uh, with that, they'll probably draft a guy maybe um, at 32, like a Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Or they draft, as I mentioned earlier, they take Christian Barmore, the, the player of the game, defensive player of the game in the BCS title game that led Alabama in sacks in the 2020 season. You get a defensive tackle, a young one, to add depth to your defensive line and middle of your defensive line, and one day take over for Dominican Sue. It's not going to be sexy. Think, I think I think they addressed I think they address one of the two depth positions when it comes to defensive or offensive line. I think that it is going to be somewhat of a sexy position. I think it's going to be edge. I think it's going to be defensive end slash outside linebacker, and I primarily think that because I think there's going to be value at the pick. Because we're through the first top, the we're through the top ten picks in the NFL draft, and we haven't seen one taken. Yes, it is a weaker class than usual, and talking about defensive end and outside linebackers. But you want to, other than quarterback, the two most valuable positions in the NFL are offensive tackle and edge rusher, and we've seen none of them taken. Uh, I do think we'll possibly see, you know, some of these guys get taken here fairly soon, but I think that the Buccaneers go edge. You think interior defensive line or offensive line. I'm going to go edge there, even though I still, even though you counted out the possibility, I will not count out the possibility of Kyle Trask at number 32 overall for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Them not signing Blaine Gabbard. Wow. Okay. We're going to stick around for one more pick because the Giants have traded the number 11 overall pick to the Chicago Bears. So we'll stick around here just for this pick, just to see if they if they do. One of us said one of us said Fields here, right? One of us said Fields, right? To the Bears. But I was ta- I was assuming that they were going to stay in the same order. One of us said Fields to the Bears. It could be Jones could to the Bears. 
it's it's interesting because like I said, I don't see I didn't see the 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 Cowboys or the Chargers who are the next two picks uh taking taking a quarterback. So did they were they just talking to all of those teams as far as getting in front of New England? Let's see what what the Bears do here at number 11. Let's see what the trade is. The Bears have acquired the number 11 overall pick from the Giants in exchange for the number 20 pick, uh, a fifth round pick in this year's draft, and a 2022 first and fourth round pick. If you're trading a first rounder, you're taking a quarterback. This is a quarterback. Here's the thing. Ironically, and every GM, the NFL teams, does this. Certainly, Jason Light did it with the media here in Tampa. GMs talk to the media, the local media, before the draft. And Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, was asked about trading back, getting value for having the 11th pick. And he joked about the fact that he's never done it because – there was no value for him. He's just not going to do it to do it. I'm paraphrasing. He was more colorful when explaining it. But the bottom line was, was he said that he's never done it because no one's given me the right deal. Well, obviously, the Bears giving him a number one pick for 2022. And that's a team that you're, right real, deal. That you're probably not expecting to be that good either. The Bears are a dumpster fire, man. What is going on? They moved up. They moved up what uh, nine spots, ten spots. That's the value. So Dave Gettleman, the guy that you know, said he wasn't going to get you know taken to the woodshed to make it just to make a deal to to trade back. Finally, got some draft capital in the trade. Now, obviously, what, what also what it also says is that the Giants didn't didn't think any of those guys that were available at 11 were of great need. They could have gotten Slater. Could have got, could have got some protection for Daniel Jones, which they, and and gets someone to make calls for Saquon Barkley, who will be healthy in 2021. Um, You know, what's not, you know, you know, you know, what's shaping up nice too, is that, uh, is that the chargers sitting there at number 13, they're going to, have the possibility of taking two offensive linemen who a lot of people thought could be a top 10 pick in, uh, in Slater and Darisol as, uh, as protection for Justin Herbert from USC. Yeah. It's who, you know, maybe the giants end up getting one of those guys all the way back at 20 and a first round pick. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it officially. I haven't seen it officially uh, confirmed. But it looks like it looks like Justin Fields is the pick here, based on what I'm seeing on Twitter. It hasn't been officially announced yet. Another, I haven't been completely following along on Twitter, but an interest, another interesting tidbit as we wrap up here on the on the first night of the NFL draft. The 49ers. This comes from Adam Schefter about an hour ago. The 49ers did not tell their coaches or scouts their pick. They didn't know the team was selecting Trey Lance until. The pick was announced, which makes me think that there was a lot of debate there between Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Sam. I'm glad you brought them. I'm glad you brought them up before we wrap things up. The Niners are concerned. Granted, everyone thinks they're a quarterback away from getting back to being one of 
the best teams in the NFC. Well, honestly, when it comes to Kyle Shanahan and, and more so John Lynch, they better be because – that division. Well, think about it. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo, who they thought was their franchise quarterback, a boatload of 70-plus million dollars guaranteed. And now all of a sudden, two, three years later, you're saying you want to trade him away? That was your decision. You, you thought you had your guy. Not only that, what's not, what's not really talked about when it comes to San Francisco in, for the 2021 season is the fact that they lost Robert Sala, their defense yep. coordinator, who had a huge impact on their Super Bowl run season when they went to the Super Bowl. And it's been a great part of their, their, uh, their, their coaching staff. Think about teams that lose high-quality coaches that take other jobs. Sometimes those teams suffer, and they miss the guys that went on to get other jobs. So San Francisco needs to, you know, they need to watch that fact. Two factors. One is Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be your franchise quarterback. He gave him a boatload of money. And now all of a sudden, you're writing him off. That was your decision, San Francisco. Also, don't, dis- don't discredit the fact that they've got to run their defense without Robert Sala, the guy that ran that defense for the last couple of years and was as successful as they were in San Francisco. It is Justin Fields. Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, goes, goes number 11 overall to the Chicago Bears. Lynn did say that. Said, but I think one of us said I, Justin I, Fields to the, to the Bears. Yeah, but I think you were assuming that New England was going to I know to what I wasn't assuming, choice. that he was going to last a 32, Chris Sims. Yeah, well, we're definitely gonna, not going to be talking about Justin Fields as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You got to think, especially with the Bears giving up a first-round pick, I think they've got to have a little bit of intel as well that uh, that New England might have liked Fields better than Mac Jones as well. If I'm, just, I hope Mac Jones doesn't fall to 32. That's just. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, which which if New England which if great. New England which if New England doesn't take him, I mean, then you're talking about teams that do they really like him or or do they not? I think I think that you know Fields talking about quarterbacks was more of teams that could possibly need a quarterback in the near future, but not right now when talking about like the saints and the Steelers and possibly that that would be someone that they take. I don't know if, if Mac Jones is going to be that guy. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out. Like I said, follow along the rest of the night on Twitter. Lynn is at Elmar a 10. I am at TD experience on Twitter, BucksNation.com as well. For all your late breaking news on the NFL draft, Twitter reaction from all of the personalities on uh, Bucks Nation as well. They will have the article out as soon as the Bucks pick at number 32 tonight. Very interesting. The Bucks will be picking on Friday morning in the 2021 NFL draft the luxuries of being a Super Bowl champion. Once again, Lynn Martez. Trey Downey. This has been a live 2021 NFL Draft Reaction Edition of the Bucks Nation podcast. You'll be hearing a lot from us in the very near future.